Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week eight, day two of our study of Acts. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Acts 21, 27 through 40. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us? God, speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. to be reading today from the NIV. This is Acts 21, starting in verse 27. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. These are the the, the seven days of purification and, and the offering that was, was to be made for these other guys over this period of time. This was what James and the other elders in, in Jerusalem, the Christians, told Paul to do to show all of the Jewish Christians that there was no truth to the rumors that Paul was telling Jews around the, the Greek world to stop following the laws of Moses. So that's what all of this is about going back to yesterday's broadcast. All right, continuing on. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone, everywhere, against our people and our law in this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Isn't this how things happen? We have multiple instances of of this kind of nonsense. Just in the last several years, I remember uh, a, a couple of years ago from the recording of this podcast, there was an incident on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., where a short video clip was posted of a young, like 17-year-old young man that was uh, in town with his school or church group, uh, was in Washington, D.C. on the mall to, to essentially do a kind of a peaceful protest against abortion. And then there was a Native American man that uh, that came up and was was banging this Native American drum right in his face, and and the the young man had this weird smirk on his face, and so the video was was posted. It was like a very short video of of this kid with this really awkward, almost like we, I mean, just like a almost like a a, a snarky smirk on his face, and the Native Americans beating the drum in his face, and. And, and it, it, the video was, was and, and the story behind the video was made to look like the, the boy had gotten in the Native American's face. He was beating his drum and the kid had gotten right up in his face just to try and prove a point. And that's what was shared. And people issued the kid death threats. And there was all of this craziness surrounding it. And then when the truth came out, some days later... What actually happened was the kid was just standing there patiently waiting for the bus to come pick he and his other high schoolers up. So they're just waiting next to the Lincoln Memorial and this Native American goes up and gets in the kid's face and the kid doesn't know what to do. And and also there are like these other weird actors off to the side, unrelated to the native American guy shouting profanities at the kids. And so they're in this really weird environment. And all of a sudden this, this old man comes start banging this drum in this kid's face. And all he knows how to do is just kind of like smile. And so it's such an awkward deal that his smile is weird, 
right? And so the truth of the situation was 180 degrees from what was shared on social media. And exactly like what happened with Paul here, there was no truth to any of this. They had just seen Paul with an Ephesian Gentile man and assumed that he brought him into the temple, which wasn't allowed. And so, and then they're saying he's preaching against the laws of Moses and against his people, which is patently false. All of these things are completely untrue, 180 degrees opposite of the truth. And so we're no better today, even though we have all of this access to information, all these kinds of things, we still jump to conclusions and share falsehoods and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, again, we're no better, even with all of our technology and, and understanding about nature and science and humanity and whatever else, we're still exactly the same. Verse 30, the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. I want to point out here that it says that they seized Paul. So they probably bound him just like Agabus said they would. So Paul is more than likely bound in some form or fashion so that they can keep him from running away or fighting back. Verse 32, he at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. So, I mean, they're actively wailing on Paul, right? So here is the beginning of his, his pain is all of this is patently untrue. And this riot starts and they are actually literally beating him, trying to kill him. Verse 33, the commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. So, so the commander, he only knows like what's going on. There's Paul here and he's getting the snot beat out of him. And so he goes and he arrests Paul. And, and we're going to find out later that the commander is going to tell a partial truth is that he did arrest Paul in order to spare his life, right? So, so this intervention is going to spare Paul from dying, but we're, again, it's, it's going to be a half truth when the, the commander tells the story on his own behalf. Verse 35, when Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied, aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew of Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. Now, I've heard missionary people, missionaries all constantly talk about how knowing languages, knowing other languages is, is one of the most powerful and effective tools for communicating the gospel. And here we see that it's just so incredibly true, right? Paul can speak, uh, we're going to find out Aramaic and, and Greek and possibly a few other languages as well. And so he speaks in Greek to the commander here and the commander is impressed. He's like, oh, like, do you speak Greek? I thought you were an Egyptian. 
Aren't you the Egyptian guy that led all these people away in this revolt? Paul's like, I'm a Jew. <laughs> They're angry at me because I'm a Jew. I'm not a. I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Jew from from Tarsus in Cilicia. What on earth? Where did you get this from? Right? It's this more misunderstandings. But at least this time, the commander is willing to at least listen. Right, he has a, a a preconceived notion, just like all of the Jews had a preconceived notion. But here we see the commander actually is of more noble character because he listens to Paul instead of just assuming that he is this zealot, you know, anti-Roman rebel who wants to burn down the Roman Empire. He actually stops and listens to Paul and realizes that he's wrong about his preconceived notions. Oh, if, if we were to learn from this pagan Gentile ourselves, verse 40, after the receiving commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic colon, meaning we're going to come back to that tomorrow. But here's the, the, the last point there is he goes from speaking Greek to the commander and he's going to speak in Aramaic to the Jewish people there, right? He hasn't even gotten a, a chance to get a word in edgewise so far. They just started shouting, this is the guy that's been teaching everyone everywhere and he brought Gentiles into the temple and they get so angry that Paul never gets a chance to say anything. And so most of the people are probably assuming that he's, you know, a foreign Jew or a Gentile himself or whatever they're assuming, then all of a sudden he's going to speak to them in their language. Aramaic is essentially Hebrew in that time period, right? It's, it's, uh, it's different, but it's kind of the same. It's not speaking actual Hebrew, but it's a kind of a version of Hebrew, if you will. Um, and so he speaks to them in the, the colloquial language that they spoke at the time and we're going to see as we start the next passage tomorrow that it's going to get their attention. And so actually knowing people's language, being able to speak to them in their uh, mother tongue is actually quite important, quite important. It's not going to spare Paul any more pain, but at least he's going to get to address them and it's going to calm them down. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.